Welcome to Simply Woke, a podcast about awakening experiences. These are transformative events that connect us to our spiritual selves and personal truths. I'm Alessandra Johnston, and each week I speak with a new guest about how they woke up, or I share lessons learned from my own awakening journey. Hello, hello, and welcome to Simply Woke. My name is Alessandra Johnston, and I am so happy that you're here. This episode will be a quick solo episode. I'm going to be talking about something that I think plagues many of us, and this is the idea of trusting ourselves, of figuring out how to listen to the inner voice within and following the guidance and learning to hear the difference between the voice of fear and the voice of love and what that sounds like. But before I jump into it, I'm super curious to see who you actually are and who's listening. So if you're not driving, can you do me a super quick favor? Can you take a quick screenshot of this episode and add it to your Instagram stories and tag me at simply underscore woke because I'd love to connect with you and I'd love to see your face and love to check you out on Instagram. So back to self-trust and how this kind of ties into spiritual awakening. Well, it is said that patterns will keep on playing until we learn the lesson. But first, we need to actually see what the pattern is. But sometimes when we're in the thick of a situation, when we're deep inside our life, we can't see it. And I really experienced this with my ex-husband. We had only been married a year. We had had a beautiful son together, and I was slowly dying an internal death that I wasn't even really aware of. I was just so out of touch with myself that I didn't even realize how numb I actually was. I just was like truly just going through the motions and going and just feeling blah. But I thought that this is what marriage was all about. But I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't or I wouldn't admit it. It wasn't until I went to LA for my friend's 30th birthday in 2010. And this was in the beginning of January, actually, yeah, around this time. And January in Canada is dark and cold. Right now, we're in the midst of like massive cold. But anyways, it was really cold back then too. And so the California sun and warmth totally reinvigorated me, and I started to feel like myself again. It was the first time in a long time, plus the fact that I was somewhere new and seeing new things. And then his party came, and I totally broke later that night. First off, it was a movie industry party. My friend is a successful writer in Hollywood, so all of his friends are either into in the industry or they are aspiring to be. And I was really looking forward to meeting new people and having fun. But as soon as someone talked to me at the party and found out that I was a teacher from Toronto, many of them literally walked away from me because it was obvious that I couldn't help them advance their careers. And this was really disheartening to say the least. So I kind of drank. I drank maybe a little too much. And after it was done, I remember going back to his apartment and kind of locked myself in his bathroom and completely broke down, like full fetal position, sobbing, ugly cry. And all this energy came out, all this stuff that I've been holding in, all this 
sense of the fact that I was like dying inside was coming out. But I was drunk and I, I really didn't know why all of a sudden I was literally having a meltdown on the bathroom floor. And obviously something was wrong, but I still couldn't see it. And so I went back to Toronto and I went back to being completely disconnected, going through the motions, thinking that this is what a marriage was supposed to be. After all, marriage is hard, right? A few months later, my ex and I did split up. It was a good Friday. By Easter Monday, he had taken a good chunk of the furniture and moved out. He left me a couch, a TV, our bed, and my son's crib. For months, I came home to a very empty home, which was a perfect reflection for how I was feeling inside. But I eventually found a perfect condo for my son and I, and when I finally moved in, I felt such joy and elation because I hadn't felt free in so long, and it was mine, all mine. I didn't have to discuss it with him. I didn't have to argue with him. There was nothing. It was mine. And I hadn't felt joy like this in years. It was then that it dawned on me that I was so deep inside my own personal reality that I couldn't see it for what it was. On the outside, we appeared really good, but the inside and the reality was another story. And that's when I learned that when you're in it, so many times you can't see it especially when you're not listening to to yourself. I think now if my marriage was dying, which thankfully it's not in any way, I would be so much more connected and aware that I would be able to recognize the truth so much sooner. And while it's true that the majority of feelings are dictated by our thoughts, I don't think it's 100% all of the time. I think that our feelings are often indicators to show us when things are out of alignment or we're unbalanced or we're on the wrong path. Spirit will use our feelings to help us and guide us to where we're meant to be. And sometimes these feelings are overwhelming and all-encompassing and we get stuck in them and they can suck us down. So how do we get out when we can't even see it? Well, we can. We just we just need to take a higher perspective because a different perspective is what we need to see the truth of what is actually calling to us. And a good exercise is to recognize your story. And I did this a few years ago and it was kind of an interesting exercise. Is basically take give yourself 30 minutes and you write a story about yourself but from the third person. So you talk about yourself as she or he and not as I. So by writing in the third person, it forces you to take a step back and write from a slightly different perspective. And you write your story about where you've been, your obstacles, and your current situation. And then when you're done, you can you need to put it down and walk away from it for a few days. And then come back to it and read it. And then that's where you can notice, are there any patterns? What are the common themes that are popping up in your life? Because when you see common themes, they are there for a reason. We come to earth to learn, grow, and change. And I do believe that there is some predestination, that your soul is meant to experience some type of specific growth, some type of soul contract, if you will. And according to Teal Swan, who is a spiritual teacher who I I somewhat resonate with, some of her stuff I like, some of her stuff I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. But anyways, this one particular thing she said, I personally agreed with. And she says that in order to experience what your soul intended, then your soul will choose a life where you actually have the opposite of that experience. Because you can't experience something without knowing its opposite. We live on a dualistic level. You can't have up without da- without down, 
wet without dry, creation without destruction. So say, for example, that you're meant to experience unconditional love, then you will find yourself in several experiences where you, where most of the time, the love that you receive is conditional until you start to recognize this theme and you start to say, wait a second, all of my love is conditional. I want to experience unconditional love. And then you have that ability to do so. For me, I think a major theme in my life that kept on popping up was the theme of connection and trust. In the past, I put myself into so many situations where I didn't listen to myself. Even though looking back, the little voice was there, but I didn't recognize it and I definitely didn't listen. Like when my dad asked me before I got married to my first husband if I loved him and the feeling rose within me of uncertainty but I lied and I said, yes, I do love him. Admitting the truth would have been too hard at that point. So do you trust yourself? When I woke up to the truth of who and what I am, I learned that the voice of wisdom and guidance is within me. I began to listen to it more and more and follow its advice. Well, sometimes I simply, I don't simply because it often takes courage to listen to that part of us, but that's a whole other story. But why? Why do we not listen? And it's because the voice will often push us out of our comfort zone because it's the voice of growth and change, the purpose of our lifetime here, to step into the connection with the divine and allow that essence to be expressed in whatever form is meant to take through you. And it's also really subtle, which is another common theme that has been popping up lately, actually, with my guests, the the topic of subtleness, of how subtle intuition is, how subtle spirit communication is, how, you know, it's not this like giant booming voice of God that comes down and like, you know, wakes you up. It kind of is a very subtle thing. And the subtleness of the connection makes it so easy to dismiss, especially when the voice of our inner critic or the voice of self-doubt is so loud. And keep in mind that the voice of our inner critic is there to keep you safe and yet small. There is a purpose to it. But to find the greater purpose in your life, we need to tap in and to settle the mind, to go to that quiet spot and feel the connection of spirit. We need to listen and trust what comes to us. So one of the best ways to do this is to actually recognize the voice of the inner critic and know that it plagues every single one of us. Apparently, Twyla Tharp, who is a world-renowned choreographer, she's won a Tony and two Emmy Awards and like so, and she's had accolades up the yayo. And she apparently still doubts herself. Every time she has to create something, which is like all the time because she's a choreographer and therefore a professional creator, she has thoughts that pop in, stuff like, people will laugh at me. I have nothing to say. Someone has done it before. And if her mind still has doubts after all of her success and experience, then it's only natural Then it's in all of ours. And this has been a battle of mine for a while because my inner critic is super loud. And it's not about beating the critic down into submission or completely eradicating it, but rather it's about noticing it and gently thanking it for keeping you safe, but not allowing it to take control. And that's the key. One of my favorite passages from the book, Get It Done by Sam Bennett, which is a perfect book for any of you if you are a creative type, but you procrastinate on your creations, go check out that book. Anyways, she writes, 
It doesn't mean you have low self-esteem. It doesn't mean your dream is impossible. And it certainly doesn't mean that you're lazy. So the next time this happens, this being the voice of fear, just imagine the dynamic without yelling at yourself. Ah, you might say instead, I appear to be having the instinct to create something. And I also find myself feeling afraid of what will happen if I create that thing. Perfectly natural. But my fear does not get to make my decisions for me. And that last line has been pivotal for me. And I try to remind myself when my inner critic pops up or my the voice of fear pops up, which is kind of the same thing, isn't it? My fear does not get to make my decisions for me. Acknowledge it. Recognize it. Thank you for its purpose. And then tell it to take a seat. Remember, you, or rather the essence of you, the watcher, the one who is here to share your gifts and your talent and your light, that is the part of you that is truly in control. And again, you have a choice. You have a choice to listen and follow to the voice of the critic or fear, or you have the choice to listen and follow the voice of your higher self. And one of the best ways to do this is, of course, to, well, practice. If we commit to doing a spiritual practice daily, it will strengthen our intuitive muscle and allow us to clear the mental and emotional clutter more effectively so we can trust what comes to us. And another way to strengthen our trust is forgiveness. Forgiveness for the mistakes that we've made, especially when we haven't listened to our higher self or simply because we just didn't know how to listen. And of course, to have faith, because faith and trust are somewhat interchangeable. Because you require both. Both require you to believe in the unseen and know that when you tap into the highest good, you will receive the highest good. And this brings us to the end. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you do have any thoughts about it, then please come over to the blog at simplywoke.com slash 019 and leave a comment. Or feel free to write a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. Thank you so much for being here with me. It means so much. In light and love, I'll see you next week.